Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. All right, so today we're joined by Dr. Leslie Holmes-Leach. Leslie, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Fantastic. And... Dr. Sully Sullivan, who lost $100 to me in golf today. But I also won $90 from someone else. So it was a, or no, 110 so It was a net $10 to me. So that, I'm fine with it. But anyway, we're here to deal with Dr. Leslie Holmes Leach today, who is from Rocky Top, Tennessee. Correct. When you said that, by the way, I thought you were joking. I know, most people do. Like, it's not, that's not even real. It is real. It's in a beautiful place. It's very beautiful. Have you been? Yes. No, you haven't. Oh my gosh, she's in the so is it almost like uh, the Tri-Cities area? No, I went to hygiene school in Johnson City at ETSU. East Tennessee State University? Mm-hmm, that's the Tri-Cities. So you were a hygienist before? For 10 years. For 10 wow. years? Wow. Did you always want to be a dentist? Yes. No so way. Why didn't you just go straight into dental school? Because I was not ready. <laughs> well, what, when you say you you weren't ready, what does that mean? Well, I was seventeen when I went to college, wow. and I took chemistry, and I took chemistry again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, you know? And I didn't even know like what my schedule was. I was just there floating in college. I wasn't directed or mm-hmm. focused or quite ready to put into it what you need to put into it. And so I thought, well, I love like you know healthcare and I like dentistry, but I love me some teeth. I do, and I thought, well, I love I want to be in medicine, but I don't want people to be dying because I'm very sensitive. So I thought, well, I'll be a hygienist. So I went to hygiene school. And I was hygienist. So did you get to a point where you were like, I mean, because 10 years is a long time. Well, my first job, I was like, I'm going to go back to dental school. Like, why? <laughs> you know, I just went on. Because, I mean, I, you know, you have that kind of in your head already. And then you're watching the dentist. And did you like the dentist you worked for? Initially. <laughs> I didn't know it was my first job. So, you know. But then you start seeing things and you know things. And you know what you know. And you know that you can know that. You know, what they don't know all of a sudden. And so you expound on that in a little bit. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, I just you want, I want to treat people well, and I really have a heart for people. And were you in Rocky Top? No, in Knoxville. Knoxville. Okay. And. Um, I didn't like what I saw. Some places, now some dentists that I worked for were great, and I loved how they treated me. How many me. places did you work for in 10 years? Um, well, I lived 
in Tennessee, Knoxville, and I lived in Mississippi, in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, wow. Okay. I lived in South Korea for a year. Did you do dentistry there? I did on a military base. On a military base, okay. That doesn't count. And, well, I saw, I was kind of like... <laughs> Why doesn't that count? That doesn't count. That totally counts. Because no, I, when no, I was in right. South Korea, that counts. <laughs> you were on a military base? No, that's you were on the U.S. land. I wasn't employed they by the U.S. Who were you employed by? They just kind of like let me work there. And I saw the families that weren't on the base that were Korean families. Do they have more decay, more perio? Perio. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, from what I, I was there a year. And then I lived in South Carolina, and then that's when I, you know, applied to USC, got into dental school. So, so what made you go to, what made you apply to dental school? I mean, I was ready for a change, and I knew, I guess I was more mature, and I was ready to put in that work. Did you have to go back to school a little bit? I took a couple, like I never had physics, so I did okay. take physics, like one or two, but I went and retook chemistry so I could do organic. For like the fourth time. Yeah. Did you do well in high school? I did, yeah. Okay. But I mean, my high school at that time, that where I went, and tested probably third worst in the state. So that's I, what, but that's what everybody tells well, me. There wasn't much college prep. Like I took the ACT on a Saturday. I didn't know what it was or what yeah. it was for. Yeah. Um, so my big so. question is, how do you? At what point? I mean, to me, being in hiking that long. It's impressive that you didn't, like, lose hope of the dream. Well, you know, I mean, do you I feel like it's did. hard to do? I mean, no. I mean, it wasn't like a dream. Like, I thought about it every day. Yeah, but to know? come back and say, at 10 years after doing this as a career, I'm now going to go back mom. to school. It's when I Because when I went back to But isn't school, that even harder to, to chase a dream then? It depends. On your, it depends on who you are and your mindset. Because I got pregnant, and I, was, I started taking some classes, and I started well, You have to get pregnant to become a mom. Yes. Well, not exactly. Not exactly. That's no, true. You don't. you don't have to. But I started thinking about my daughter and about what I wanted her to become. Right. And what I haven't done yet. So you want to become like a role model for your kid. How helpful is that? Awesome. Well, I want her to follow her dreams. So yeah. I thought, well, how am I going to tell her to if you don't? Right. And so I thought, well, I could, all I got to do is at least try. And I'll take the stuff. And, and then you're like, it. when you got in, you're like, damn. I did. <laughs> that was now I got to do this. Four years no, I had, I had meltdown panic attack because I was like, it's crazy. I was like, are you serious? Where'd you go to undergrad? Um, I Where'd you, you go to dental school? MUSC. That's why you write that shit. Yeah. I was like, okay, so when I started dental school, my daughter was one was one and a half. And so we went down, and it was me and her. And we did it, you know, and so it was pretty awesome. And she went with class to me sometimes, or she... That is crazy. You know, so how, how helpful was being a hygienist in dental school? Not at all. No. <laughs> I mean, it was once the clinical started. I would say, yeah. Because yeah. the whole mirror thing. Right. But, but it also you, it didn't but allow you to know what to focus on and I what mean, to take serious and not serious. You know what like. Well, an assistant would know more. You, you know, like, so? a hygienist works independently completely, and they just kind of can explain procedures. That's unfortunate, yeah. You know, and I felt like you know the teeth numbers and the first little dental you know orientation class fine, but when the clinical started was when I was in my comfort zone. But, you know, well, you, are you hard on your hygienist? No, like I'm very appreciative of them because and it's a hard job. It's a run better and how our practices are successful or not because sometimes we just pop in and out and they are the ones that feed us the information they're the ones that are establishing that relationship they're with them for an hour maybe 40 minutes so they're really the ones that are keeping our practices so then why do more dentists not value their hygienists and think of them as profi mills and by that and I apologize if I step on your toes here a little bit but you like you step on your toes <laughs> very likely but my point in that is I'm not a kick, so yeah, that's good. <laughs> no but my point in that is most dentists look at them 
their hygienist as like trophy mills and they start doing assisted hygiene and they want the hygienist to only scrape teeth and have an assistant I come mean, in and do it. hygiene can work if everybody's happy. It's but it doesn't work for the, it does, it can work. But my point in that is assisted hygiene doesn't work in a practice that's trying to do more comprehensive, complete care dentistry. So, what, and I think what he's getting at is what do you, what would you say you value the most that your hygienists do for you? Because you're on both sides of it now. The interpersonal relationships, that there's so many patients that come in. Like we have three hygienists and they usually want to see the same one and it's like when you go get your haircut. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to substitute healthcare for a haircut. No, it is. But, I mean, I've moved a few times but I'll still drive sometimes an hour to go to the same person just right. because I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? It's a relationship. Sometimes well, yeah, it's a fear. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they feel more clean. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they feel more comfortable. Well, it's also, it's a, um, you know, what I've learned over the years is for a lot of patients, dentistry is a very personal, like, invasive type of thing because right. you know like you could be missing all your back teeth and you don't want anybody to know right. or wear a denture and nobody knows right and just, yeah. so you're going to go in and let your let the one thing that, that maybe you don't you want people to know you're going to let your hygienist and your dentist right. know so once you find somebody you don't want to kind of move but how do you run your hygiene department well pretty much hands off as long okay. as it's going well and so define really, going well yeah. what does that mean that means uh, if there's not someone on the schedule that everybody's trying to fill the schedule. Okay. Um, they're on commission. And okay. I, when I was a hygienist, I always worked on commission. Not because it's a car lot, but because it gives everybody ownership. What do you think about that commission? Obviously, you like it. Um, what do you like about it? It gives them another sense of the business other than just, I'm going to go in and do my time. Mm -hmm. and are, they in, are they on commission based off their production? Mm -hmm. So the more profits they do, the more they make? Does that bother you that, re that their focus then becomes more on their production than on your production? It has it. And there's also an office-wide bonus. Okay. So, so let me give you my, my take on commissions. I'm not trying to change your mind, oh, yeah. okay? Because you have something that's worth. I'm a total commission, so I'm all in. No, but there's a di what you're there's doing. Again, it depends on the people. No, no, but you, what so, you're doing, and let's come back to that later. So what you're doing is very different than what she's doing, right? Because you're doing com you. Everybody in your office is paid a commission of overall office production, right? Whereas her hygienist, is correct me if I'm wrong, their individual production. So one crown is your hygienist's entire day, right? So, and I don't know, maybe your hygienists are different from me, right. but if I was paid based on what I did, I would do profies and scalings all day long and tell you to bug off well, when it comes to... Yeah, but still, I, it's it's better for me to, the more I focus on what I can control, yeah. the better I do, correct? Well, there's also, they don't control the schedule completely. Okay. So, you well, just... Well, too. You have good people. But that's the difference. That helps. Because I've been on both hands. Like, I've worked places on commission where some of the other hygienists I worked with treated it differently. Right. You know, they don't, they work just... They're higher guns, basically. They work more just on a day, just as hard on a day when they've already met their max <laughs> as they do on a day when they don't have they're just hard workers and they're honest and sweet people. So you have to know the people that you're working with. You have to know what you're dealing with and have to keep it under kind of control. So, but my point in this, okay, and, and just hear me out on this, okay? Maybe I 
am trying to change your mind, okay? But that's okay. I don't want you to change your mind. Is, so my hygienist is so involved in what I do yeah. and what our overall practice does that I'm convinced, and maybe it's my own issue, that if I put my hygienist on a commission structure where they were commissioned based on the trophies and scalings they did, that they would pay less attention to the sleep, the ortho, and yeah. all those things. that they get night guards and things that they don't get credit for uh, because they only get credit for the trophies and the scalings and x-rays and stuff like that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, there's a um, there's an office law better structure that's based it's based on collections. Okay. Which. So how do you do that? Just if you don't mind explaining it to a degree. There's a goal per day of collections, okay. mm-hmm. and then how many days we work in that month mm-hmm. is a Equal. certain number, okay. and then there's a percentage of that that's over mm-hmm. within a range. So they so all kind of your big bam so number. Everybody in the mm-hmm. office. How many days they work? Because it's fair. So people. And then they split it. It's like a piece of the pie. Sure. How many days they work and how many? How much is there? Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain percentage of it. So that really is an incentive. And they really, honestly, it's the only dentist office in that area, and they want the office to be successful right. just in itself. And they take pride in the office, and so I think that that also helps move it along. Do you think it's hard to be a female owner and work with a lot of females? Because I hear this all the time. We like we because, no, because we, no, we were recently. I graduated high school in '98. Okay. I was told by my professors, "Oh, don't work for a woman dentist." To a woman, you get you get. Fired for saying that today. Yeah. Well, you mean, get free tuition. They were, they were, they were women. They were women. <laughs> okay. They were oh, women I got too. you. And they were just like, oh, don't work because they're hard, hard, hard. Mm. It's hard, hard, hard. It just depends on the like. I, you know, I feel like it's going well. You know, I don't know. I'm not a man, so I don't know the difference. But I think I've worked for a lot of. You're definitely not a man. Just so you I've know. worked for a lot of men dentists, and um, 
something is and something not so good. Right. And there's an element there of disconnect that can be a good thing, especially for the dentist. But I think as they don't have to engage because they can. But as men, we can say and do things and get away with things that things that you probably I if think you that's did. A change in a little bit. Maybe it is, or maybe maybe it's your personality. Yeah. But uh, there are things that I can probably do that if a female a female owner or boss said that to the team, they'd be like, "Oh, she's such a this." Right. Well, I think right. that I've established trust and respect because I think part of it is mutual respect. And a big part of it is them knowing that I value them. All right, so now let's we talk about the practice <laughs> a little bit. Well, I want to okay. so piggyback on that a little bit. Because I do, do that. You, do you do... Because you can't run your practice without your people that work there. Are you dentist, office manager, and business owner, or do you have someone that kind of helps There's mitigate some manager. roles? But um, she. Well, what do you mean by there, quote office manager? Because I'm not scared to go in head first in any sure. situation or any problem or handle anything that I can. Um, but as you know, things get busy. So you think that you think so she picks up the slack. So what is what is her handle. role totally? Well, anything and everything. Okay. You know why most dentists hire office managers? I know you're not this way, Dr. Leach, but uh, most dentists hire office managers to fire people because they don't have the guts to do well, it. I get that. I think it's the busy factor, too. And if you're a very busy Well, that was what I was interested in because she's, she's honestly not afraid to like deal with controversy with your team by any means. And, and you're so, still a mother, correct? Yeah. So, so like your kids are at home. Know, so she's a 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So she's obviously, or, is she or he, or whatever the office manager is, but she, she's obviously helping you do a lot of that role how much has that helped you get some of it off your plate to a degree but what I it's good that what I've tried to do but really everybody likes is I find a certain task and think oh my gosh I can't do this thing right now or the next week or two I might pick somebody in the office completely so anybody well I might say I might be thinking well she might not feel as important or as valued so I'm going to find her and say, I need you to do that. That's this. awesome. And she takes ownership, and, and it makes her job satisfaction go up. And I might find something, I'll say, well, you, you know, this is something that you can handle. It would be really great if you could do this. And it doesn't put everything on one person. How many practices do you think need an office manager? Oh, I what I've noticed, I mean, the, ter- the, the label, if it's a group of women, the label itself can make everybody else feel not as important. Yeah. That's you, true. Because there is, like, if you have two or three people that work up front, if there's one person, that, especially if it's all women, because I'm a woman, I understand, they'll feel like, well, I'm here every day, she's here at the beginning of the week. I do all kinds of things, I can do what she does, why am I not able, why am I not giving this or that? So, but there needs to be one person to make sure that everything is done. You know what she, what the point she makes, though, that I think where we drop the ball on a lot of times, or, or, or most other dentists, is that I think we put so much emphasis on, like, that they want money, that they want... Well, and that's not all what people want at all. Exactly. And I think not that's, always. I think that's what, I think that's what she's doing really well. Yeah. She's saying she she knows her team and she knows what motivates them and she's able to, like, well, like defining ownership. But, but most dentists would be like, well, they don't... They, uh, I'm just going to try to throw them more money at them to fix the problem. She knows that, like, well, that's not but the case. The, the point in this is she knows because probably you sit down and talk to her. Mainly because I was an employee for team. Yeah, that's, that's a super valid point. Yeah. Right. But you also sit down and talk to your people and you get to know them and you try to understand what... What? Because everybody in our office has a but different hot point. But I was also an associate for yeah. five years. So now they're all zero So I'm an associate that's 63 years old that's out of the practice for 40 years. He handed it all over to me. Yeah. He's hands off completely. And that never happens. Like, I can't imagine doing that with that except for 20 years and just giving it completely ever. Oh, when you wrote the check, he was very happy, I'm sure. But, I mean, he's there two days a week, and he... He's just hands off. How many? Okay, so let's so talk I, about the practice a little so bit. So I also take in consideration him. And sure. He needs to feel that he, he's been the boss for four years. So I think about his position. It's Maybe you're just nice. 
Well, but there's... But maybe there's, everybody should be nice. Maybe, it's yeah. It's a valid point, though. Mm-hmm. She makes a really valid point that maybe at some point we should... We should How about the doing that? Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. Amen. I mean, that's the truth. At some point, like, what you're, what you're saying and doing is really by giving your team that kind of respect, they're just... They're willing to run through walls for you. And that's a pretty crazy thing that I think sometimes we as... As owners or dentists, a lot of times, especially being males, is we try to just throw more incentives mm-hmm. and try to just buy them essentially. And really, what they want is, you know, loyalty, trust. And People want belong up. a sense of belonging yeah, too. That leadership. That's yeah. a great point. Leadership yeah. isn't dominating, and it's not very many or anything like that. It's a like great that. point. Where'd you learn leadership from? You know the reason I but the reason I ask this is but the reason I ask is because one of the most common questions I get from young practice owners is how do I become a leader and I don't know how to answer that question I think I think it's almost you develop and become a leader over time and by by putting you literally putting yourself in other people's shoes well you know it's our nature to lack one of control yeah. <laughs> Even if it's that teeth. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to let go of um, control, but it's a lot of it's about control. And you have to trust people, and that's a big part of it. And they feel trusted, so they trust you. And it's just, but it's all, a lot of it's about control, and a lot of it is about not looking at yourself and being selfish, but thinking about what you don't want. Let's turn, our, let's turn the table to the practice. Okay. Okay. Describe. That was good, though. That was, that was good. good. No, I'm not saying it wasn't. No, I'm digging it, though. But I, I, I want, because I have a very specific agenda here, okay? So describe Rocky Top to me. Okay, Rocky Top originally was a coal mining town. Okay. So it used to be called Coal Creek a long time ago. And it's in the mountains. It's about 45 minutes north of Oxville toward Lexington. Population of? I don't know. 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. How many stoplights you got? That is not my subject. How many stoplights you got? Maybe two. You got a Sonic? McDonald's? Yes, Sonic McDonald's, Cracker Barrel. Walmart? No, and a Wild How far do you have to go to get a Walmart? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. So you're probably a town of 15,000. I have no idea. That'd be my guess, <laughs> Ten to 15,000. So they call mining town. Two stoplights. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was there, and it was just, you know, the mountains call mining. How many dentists are there? Me, and then the dentist that I... Myself, just <laughs> your employee. Yeah. Yeah. Two of you. So there's one dental office there. That's you. That's us. So you might be a town of 5,000. Yeah. That we pull, like our patients are just from there. You know, you know, if we talk to Sully's friends, okay, because how old are you, 28? 29. 29, whatever. You act like you're 12, okay? All right. <laughs> you're like older. Okay. So if we ask Sully's friends, I would bet one out of a hundred would say that they are, they would be willing to go practice in a town like Rocky Town. They're missing out, obviously. But when you say when they're missing out, tell... tell so, look, I grew up... Tell your hobbies, because I grew up on the lake. Okay. I love the lake. Well, there's Norris Lake, which the people come from all over Gosh. the country just to spend their summers there, especially if they've been infiltrated by people from Ohio. We come there just for the summer, so it's a beautiful place. But like I said, it was coal mining town. Then back when um, I think it was Roosevelt developed like the conservation corps to get mm-hmm. people jobs, the CCC built a dam in Norris. So it's called Norris Dam. Well, they flooded a ton of farmland and they made like man-made yeah. lake. So it's a beautiful crystal clear lake. It's like right there. So then they renamed the town Lake City. So it was Cold Creek, then it was Lake City forever. Okay. Well, two, three years ago, they're trying to bring tourists into the area. They renamed their Rocky Top. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you all the myths 
that people tell me, okay? Okay, because listen, I grew up in a very small town, okay? A little bit bigger, it sounds a little bit bigger and more normal than Rocky Top, okay? No no offense, okay? But it wasn't as beautiful as Rocky Top, I can tell you that. But, um... Way not cool. And, and... I talked to so, and, and this is my pet. My, I'm going to do my one soapbox, and I'll be done. Okay, it has nothing to do with you necessarily, but I get so irate when dentists tell me that they're burdened by their debt. Not that the debt isn't real, but then they say I only want to work in Nashville, or I only want to work in Knoxville, or I only want to work in Raleigh or Charlotte. I'm like, dude, if you just literally go 45 minutes to an hour outside of this city, you will make more money than you know what to do with. Half the time, some of these cities will help you pay off your student loans, but their mindset, and they're just so stuck and not willing to open their mind to this lifestyle thing. So, I don't want to live in a small town because I don't get to do the type of dentistry I want to do. Fact or fiction? Yeah, So tell me, what kind of dentistry do you do? I do a little bit of everything. So what is everything? Not, there's not anybody else. So do you get to place implants? That's why I'm here. Actually, yeah, I've been placing implants for. I did it in my residency in 2012, and I've placed it for seven years. Okay. So people in Rocky Top, town of God knows what, which nobody knows, place implants. Well, yeah. I mean, so well, yeah. Okay. What, are, what are they, what do you charge That's for That's part of why that I wanted to get some of the equipment that I needed when I took that practice center is because I want them to have the same kind of things offered to them without having to drive an hour or two hours. You know, some things I still refer out because I'm not going to try to do I don't want to be in a small rural town because people can't afford dentistry. That's basically crap because people have money and they sit on it. And they take care of it. And what I've seen, because I did practice in a little bit of a bigger city, is that they're more likely to come in, trust what you say, and pay their bills ahead of time because they don't want to owe anybody. I don't want to. How much? How much is it insurance driven versus not insurance? It's a lot of insurance, and that's my choice because of the area. I feel like that it takes care of the people. They want to be able to take advantage of their insurance benefits, and so I definitely. I don't want to live in a small town or work in a small town because uh, the fees are lower. I mean, our fees are comparable to anybody. In that what do you charge for an implant? Depends. Oh, don't get me on the surface. Uh, what's, 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 your, what's your typical implant cost? It depends. All right, Dr. Leslie. Give me a give me a bar rate, right? a range, a pass. Pass. What is this categories? <laughs> Right now. No. So my point is, I don't think it's that much different. I, mean, I live in like one of those. I live in one of the most wealthy counties in Tennessee. There's, uh, if their other option is quite higher, but sometimes they have other options. Like, How much is a crown? Pass. Twelve hundred, dude. So, I don't so, charge so, that. That's my point. Is because that, you're driven down by a competitor. I, I understand that, okay. But, wait, 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 but wait. my point is for people like him, not him particularly, but to say, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, dude, you charge but I more. Hope you do it. I hope you do implants for a thousand dollars or something. Like that. Because at the, at the end of the day, yeah, you know that like you can do, minimum. you can, you can do just as good a treatment. Well, that's and still make money. That would be the and of it. I'm not going to admit the people I refer to under the best either. So like, right. there's a, I have a respectful relationship with my old surgeons and with the periodontists and the people I refer to. So, are they in town or are they far away? Um, 40 minutes. But that 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 is ultimately our point. Is that like this whole myth that you only like, you can't charge what you charge and that, that, that things are different? It's well, not. The I mean, the reality is, someone's trying to find a job only based on how much money they can make. They're never going to be happy. 
Look, I, I think we all live in a small town. At the end of the day, we all we all have four or five friends that we spend 80% of our time with. And you can have those four or five tens of friends in Rocky Top or Brentwood or Raleigh or wherever it is. It, it doesn't matter, okay? And to me, if you know, I get it if you're three hours outside of civilization. That's one thing. But when you're 40 minutes from civilization... Or really okay. downtown Oxlock if you're there in 20 times. You know, thirty minutes of civilization. All right, so let's not now. I don't. I don't. Are, are y'all using? I mean, so the next question then becomes is like, what technology are you using? Do you need technology in a small town? I mean, I wouldn't want it anywhere. Your patients don't expect it, or expect it, or what? They're thrilled. I mean, I don't know. What technology have you put into your practice? So I got, you know, the XG. Me. Okay, so you have a cone beam. And then my big thing was, I went to like the Sarah class mm -hmm. just to kind of, because I looked at all the different, I wanted to establish like a digital scan. So I had all the different people come in with their. So you, you looked know, at all, all of them? Yes. Yeah, like Why'd you choose Sarah? Well, here's why. Okay, so I had, what's the one, like the. Trio C4D. Okay, so I had a trio lady come in and we all had all these systems failed and we tried it on each other and I had the other one come in and the other one. And I was like, okay, and I feel like it's a big, big decision. It is, it's a lot so of money. Like, well, I just, I knew that, it, I know it's going that way. Like you have, it's, you need a scan. Like it's great and I'm excited about it. Mainly because it's like where the dental nerves are. I want to do what's new and upcoming. I don't want to take impressions and I don't have to. Like it's just, it's like dinosaur. So I wanted to pick the right one, but then I was like, well, the place of implants, and they don't have a CT here, and I've been planning on my like the CT, like the implant placement, so I can't place implants without a CT. Get a nice new pan, had digital, like, everything was like up to date to that point, and I'm like, well, which thing do I do first? And I'm, do pretty, both at the same well, I'm very conservative, like in everything, so I was just like, well, I can't do everything. I'm like, well, let's just do one thing at a time, especially with the staff and everything being new. Maybe a new. So I was like, okay, so I went to the Sarah class just to try the Omnicam. So I tried it, and we made like a the Seldra crayon in like 15 minutes, and I was like, I wasn't planning on even doing that. <laughs> You're like, that's kind of cool. Well, that's great. And then I'm like, well, I want to do implants. So let me ask you this. I'm sorry to interrupt. When you said, wow, that's great, did you say, wow, that's great because, oh, that made you feel good? No, or you, Or you said, wow, that's great because my patient's going to love it. Just everything. Like, I felt like it was easy for me to implement, it'd be easy for the assistants to implement because they do most of it. Yeah. And you think your patients would like it? Well, yeah, because if they are an hour or an yeah. hour and a half away and their temporary comes off, yeah. or they have to drive back in a month, sometimes our labs take a month, yeah. we don't have a bunch of labs. These you guys at Pony Express? No, I mean, I use a lab actually at Virginia I, Beach for I got a lot you. of stuff, right. and Brad Cosmetics stuff, they still take a month. Yeah. Like, FedEx, UPS comes in every day, it's like the same. <laughs> but I was like, okay, and so then at the very end of the class, they showed the video, it's probably a hook, bottle, and sinker, but it was like how you can integrate your CT into your CEREC, it's, you know, print a guide or mail it, which I'll be printing yeah. it, and do your surgery you know, from the crown first. Because that, of all the years I've been around industry yeah. since 1996, big problem, not against oral surgeons, because they just look at where they They play some crooked. Well, not always, but the thing is, like, if the crown's not planned first, then how do you really know? Yeah. So we plan the crown first, and the whole video, and I was like, oh, I want to do all That makes a lot of sense. Because that's the way you can implement it all together. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. So how did it feel uh, signing a note or writing a check for a quarter million dollars? Not much different after my practice for whatever I bought. So why do you think <laughs> other? Like, well, why do you think other dentists hesitate to spend money on technology? Because they're stingy, probably. <laughs> or they're, they're not stingy, but they're like, I think that most of us, maybe not all, are conservative. 
what do you that, think of Combeam so far? What are your expectations with Combeam? That's why I'm here for this class because mm-hmm. I've been kind of, I took some and I've reviewed some, but I've been wanting to really feel comfortable before I order my um, surgical drill kit and start placing it in. And so I haven't used stuff on much, but I know like, I've used other types of stuff mm-hmm. other companies. I mean, you know, people get angry when you say things like that. Just because I've done it, and then I had an opportunity to do it without it. And you know what, what you don't know. What's been the hardest part about implementing technology? Like, Comeem and Sarah. Because there has to be hiccups. Like, it's not all because sunshine and roses. And you're your coffee and you're not so it's hard. You have to work a little harder. No, it's just change. Change is hard. Like how do you deal with it? Because that, that probably is a good question in itself, is how do you deal with change your team? Like, how do you motivate your team? It off, well, apparently. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of change in my life, but I guess you just scroll. Like, you're not promised tomorrow. So, like, where you get stressed today and not enjoy the day and enjoy everything. Like, we're blessed and gifted to be able to practice industry and to help people and to do what we love to do. Like, when it, we might not be in a week or we're not promised anything. So, why are you going to stress and worry about anything today? It's easy sure. to say, I mean, I do sometimes, but it's like you have to keep it in perspective. Like, this is our fun. This is our game. Mm-hmm. This is our game. This is what we love to do. It's work. You're a good leader. I bet I, I can see where your team would feed up. Well, I need an associate coming up. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> is your old guy retiring? Well, no, he's there um, under contract for two years. But he, I mean, he's so thrilled with all of it. Like, I worried about it. How's he doing with technology? Well, I thought, well, I told him when I got back, and I said, I've got the stuff. All of it, and I was like, "But you don't have to use any of it. If you don't want to, you don't have to use any of it." And I told the team, the team, it was like, "If you don't want to use it, I'll just do the scans and I'll make the prints, and you don't have to do any of it." But they saw me doing it and enjoying it, and they all went. They all want to grow. So he was like, "Oh well, I've been wanting to get it, but I just didn't know I get to use it, and I didn't have to buy it." Do you find that <laughs> you find that you're like a, you're acting like a lab now? Like, are you doing a lot of this work, or is your team they're taking doing, ownership? They, they're doing. So they're doing all the work. They're like a unicorn. You're like a unicorn. You're happy. You love what you do. She's a good leader. That's yeah. what I've, I think. I think more than anything, she's a good leader. We're created for this. You know? What would you tell somebody who's unhappy with dentistry? They shouldn't have been dentist. No, that's not the wrong answer. That's not what I'm looking for. It's not dentistry. It's with themselves. How, how could they... I mean, they're not what if they're struggling in their practice? I mean, with what? Like, you know, People are struggling. But with what aspect? Financially, like- money, team. You know, the number one thing I ask in every program I do and everywhere I go, what, you know, what keeps you up at night in your practice? And without question, over 50% say they're team members. Well, they're focused members. on the wrong thing. Like, it has to be in hierarchy. There has to be spiritual, family. The work is not up here. Sure. You know, if you're not happy, everything that we are when we come to work trickles down. So if you're not making people happy, whether it's your patients or your staff or whoever, then you're not going to be happy. Like, it all comes back up. You know, I think it all starts with yourself and, like, it's all eternal, you know? Here's what I'll say. You, you built a practice around you and clear to me. About, okay. you know, the patients and the staff. No, no, but it's about what you like and what right. you want and what you believe and you believe in great things, right? So uh, I'm impressed. That's my that's my big thing for people is build a practice around what you want and where you want to practice. And that's their happiness. Yeah. And if people are unhappy, then they're just not doing what they want to do. Probably. That's right. awesome. They get on that that wheel, that hamster wheel, and then they kick it off. So if I'm ever visiting Rocky Top, am I allowed to come visit? Yes. Will I get a shirt, t-shirt? I'm gonna mail you one. I want to wear it to there. My kid, but just so you know, my kids wear these t-shirts. Okay. 
So here's what you got to mail. You got to mail me uh, three smalls and a two X. Okay. About your wife. She doesn't wear t-shirts. <laughs> Very nice clothes. Okay. No t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying she doesn't wear t-shirts. <laughs> she doesn't wear t-shirts. She doesn't wear t-shirts. I'm just saying. This is good. Everybody loves a t-shirt. Yeah. I just want it for my kids. Okay. They, they, yeah. they wear the Goodberry shirt all the time. Very small. They don't get a lot of clothes. Very so small. Yeah. 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 You got it. Thank you. You're welcome. It was awesome. Thanks, Ellen. Work smarter, not harder. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family. T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.